You're listening to the Cleverly Changing Podcast, episode 64. Our guest during this episode is Petrina Dixon. Petrina is a mother, financial expert, author, and speaker. I wanted to have a conversation with Petrina because she created a book that teaches youth financial literacy. If you want to keep this podcast going, please consider supporting it by donating monthly via our Patreon page. Full episodes will be unlocked and discounts on my books will be given. Visit patreon.com slash cleverly changing. Today's African proverb is your brother's pocket cannot keep your wealth. It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode is brought to you by South Africa. Inkoba. Inkoba. It means conqueror. An Isi Zulu. Inkoba. Welcome to another Cleverly Changing Podcast. I am one of your hosts, L. Cole, and this is another episode of the Cleverly Changing Podcast where we talk about parenting our kids at home. But we don't only focus on home education from a homeschooler standpoint. We also talk about families who are supplementing their children's education. So stay tuned for an excellent episode. We have an amazing guest. She is an author. She is a finance expert. And so before I tell you her name, I'm going to let my co-host go ahead and introduce herself so that you all will know who she is. So Miriam, can you introduce yourself? to mute really quickly i'm sorry the kids started hollering and i forgot that i didn't unmute <laughs> so my name is miriam and i am the mother to four little ones two girls and two boys i am a creative energy at my core and i write i podcast and i'm an urban farmer urban farmer huh Awesome. 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 So I I have been just really waiting for this guest because I don't know her personal story yet, but I do know that she is an excellent conversationalist and I know that she knows her stuff in finance. So if you have ever visited my blog, you know, finance is one of, of, one of my passions. I don't talk about it as much as I would like, but you got to get your money right. And today our guest is helping people get their money right. We have Petrina Dixon. Welcome, welcome. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Elle. I'm excited to be here and have this conversation. Yes, so I want to hear just a little bit about your background and why you got into finance. What is your story? Because everybody, before we do something, there's a story that leads us in that direction. 
Absolutely. So um, the intro in the intro you gave, my name is Petrina Dixon. I'm an award-winning author and a podcast host myself. I also write a blog because a lot of people can't work with me individually. So I provide information to them regarding finances in written format and um, audio by way of my podcast. I also do coaching for businesses, events, and things like that. So why I got started in my story, um, and I don't know I'm unique in this, but it is my story. And that is, I made a lot of money during my adult years and I spent just as much as I made and sometimes more. I didn't pay for my pay bills on time, sometimes not at all. Uh, didn't understand credit, didn't, um, although I owned a home and a, financed a car, I, I paid those payments as I got paid. So I had no money saved. I didn't own any assets. I didn't have any investments. And then I learned that you could do your money differently. And it was about a shift in mindset that got me to be really diligent about getting my finances in order. And once I did that, I'm like, hmm, during that process, my money did not increase. I didn't earn anymore. I just learned how to do the money that I earned differently. And once I found out how to do it, I wanted to teach everybody how to do it. So my story is, and somebody said this to me on one of the platforms I was on, I'm a recovering a financial person. Like I got over financial debt and got to the other side. And now I want to bring everybody over there with me. So that's my story. Again, not unique, but uh, definitely what it is. And it's, it drives me to want to teach people that it can be better. Because oftentimes people think you have to have a lot of money come from money in order to, to do money differently and to invest and to have businesses and things of that nature. And no, it's really about shifting your mindset, knowing that you can do it in your current state. And then that, that money can grow once your, your mind opens up to the possibilities. So yes. that's it in a nutshell. Yes. Yes. I want to set the stage just for this conversation, just for a second, because for families who homeschool, money is not optional. Mm -hmm. It's not optional. It's important. Mm -hmm. And often it's even more important because sometimes you are trying to educate creatively on one income mm -hmm. or you're trying to hustle on multiple incomes mm -hmm. because you cannot necessarily stop earning while you're still dedicated to teaching your kids. And so understanding the foundation of how money works is critical to giving yourself and your family options. That's why we wanted to have Petrina kind of just lay down the foundation of why this is important for all of us. And for me personally, I know that money will help you in your homeschool because you will be able to outsource things that you cannot do yourself. And so I think that this is just critical to our audience. So listen, if you are listening right now, go grab a pen and a paper because there will be some nuggets that you want to jot down. There will be things that you want to remember and you want to look up so that you can gain an even greater understanding. And you want to also get Petrina's information because you are going to want to support, you are going to want to learn more from her, and you're going to want to follow her. So I just wanted to set that foundation and that stage right now, early on, because I know we're about to have a really great conversation about money. It yes. can sound scary to some of us, but money is not a scary thing, especially no. when you know how it works. 
Yes. Right. All right. So, Miriam. The floor, I'll say the floor is yours. Where do you want to start? I'm sorry, Megan. I was just saying the floor is yours. Where do you want to start? What do you do when you find yourself in the muck and mire of financial despair? (laughs) I'm extra, I know. (laughs) No, that's fine. And look, I I like real quick, I'm going to touch on what Elle said as people are getting paper, hopefully getting paper and pen. The one thing that I want, if you don't take away anything from today, know that whatever you did yesterday is okay. Today is about taking in what you learned today to know that you can switch that around just by not L, not me, not Miriam, by you making that decision, I can do it differently. And then once you get there, the tips that we'll share here today, you just execute on them. So don't take them and write them down. Take them, write them down and execute on them. That's what I will say. Now, Miriam, to your point, the, the, the second takeaway is you have to understand how much money you have coming in and how much money you have going out. Now, it's a term that is <laughs> relates to this exercise that people don't like, and that's called budgeting. So some people don't like that word, and it uh, scares them from doing the exercise because they don't like that word. Call it whatever you want to call it. Call it, call it your money meeting. Call it your strategy session. Call it whatever, or call it budgeting. But sit down with the money, if it's even if it's the one income coming in and then all the expenses you have going out and make sure you include all expenses. And let me give you an example where people miss an expense. If you own a car, most people will write down their car payment, their car insurance, but some people forget that gas. Like you have to gas up that car. So you wanna make sure that that's an included line item in your budget. So ensure that you include them. And if you like something like gourmet coffee, like ice cream, whatever it is, make sure you include that as a line item. We're not telling you not to do it. We're saying make sure that it fits within your budget so you know how much coffee you can have or not, depending on the other things that you have to do. So it's not wiping it out. It's being conscious of how much you're going to spend towards that item so that you can enjoy it without stresses. So that's what it, that's what I would say. Get, get yourself out by starting with how much do I have coming in and how much do I have going out or how much am I planning to have go out? So that's what I would start with. Yes. Yes. So I know a lot of us learned about money from watching our parents. They may not have talked to us about it, but we saw how they spent their money. Mm. We saw you know, were, were the lights getting turned off? <laughs> were, you know, we getting a whole lot of bills mm-hmm. in, you know, in the mail? Cause sometimes we would help them bring in the mail. So we, we didn't necessarily always have a firsthand knowledge of how our parents spent money, but we were able to see some type of habits. So Miriam, did you see positive money behaviors growing up or is it something that you've kind of had to learn along the way? Okay, so honestly, I'm going to put my mama and father out in the street. So no, it was not a very um, positive relationship with money. Um, What I remember most vividly, I guess I'll say, in my, um, as I was growing up. So by the time I was in high school, I went to a boarding school. It was a private school. And um, the things that stood out to me regarding money 
and during that time was um, not being able to take my finals on time every semester because they had this rule that if you were not paid and you know pay up to date, then you couldn't take your tests. And out of my four years there, I only got to take my tests on time once, and that was the spring semester of the year I graduated. <laughs> and I remember, um, you know, hearing one of my friends call and ask their parents for $200. And they were like, yeah, mom's going to send me some money, so I'll be good for the rest of the month. And I was like, what? I'm afraid to call my mom and ask for $25. Mm-hmm. So, like, your parents have $250 just to send you? Like, <laughs> where do they do that? <laughs> but so, I mean, I never really had a a good example but for myself having not having a good example made me more aware and made me want to not live that life Mm -hmm. and so I guess I've kind of learned what not to do more than what to do so I have, of course, like everybody, made some mistakes and done some of the things that I shouldn't have done, like, you know, credit cards straight out of high school and things like that. But I've learned from those mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and I'll add, so I'll I'll put my mom out there and my mom, because I I grew up in a single parent household and my mom is, um, I going on record, make sure you put this in there. My mom is the best mom ever. Um, (laughs) However, with that being said, I did not learn money, great money habits from her. What I learned into uh, what both of you have spoken to, I learned to, um, she went to work, she worked really hard in some situations, two jobs. And when she got paid, she paid everybody like the rent man the light the gas it was like that's what I thought it was you went to work for 40 hours a week or 80 hours in a two-week span and then you handed out your money to everybody to keep your life going whatever that was the groceries the light bills the the uh rent man it was never how much is being saved and uh, to your point Miriam like we can go to this bucket because you know we just want a few extra dollars or or me being able to uh, go and do something you know, go to camp or whatever it was. It was like, I got out of school for the summer. I had to work. And then that money was, you know, that was the money I had to spend because my mom didn't have extra for me to spend. Or it was, um, you know, as soon as I was of age to work, it was like, like, okay, you also work when you get out of school, not just on the summer. So it was like, that was the process. And it was because that's what she saw when she was mm-hmm. growing up. So that to, to Miriam's point, it was, okay, this is not the greatest way. It wasn't bad. Like I had nice things. I had a roof over my head. I had nice clothes, but it's gotta be a different way to do these things. Right. And um, again, when I became a parent, I uh, was also a single parent. That's part of my story. Um, I did the exact same thing. I went to work, I pay my bills, like I talked about earlier. And I'm like, I found myself in the cycle. And then, and then again, the aha moments began, like, there's got to be a different way to do this thing. And then as I, what for me, as I expanded my network of people, 
and listen through the various different channels they have going on, go into conferences. That opened up my world in a very different way. And again, that was like, okay, there's got to be a different way. And then I became the student. So now I'm the coach and the teacher, right? But And, and I'm still a student because I still go to conferences and things like that. But I became a student of getting my money right. I'm the financial gurus of uh, what I call it of that time. Cause now years ago, I listened, I studied, I did, I executed on the things that they talked about. And, you know, that's how, that's why I'm here today because I know a lot of people that was in the place that I was in. And to also to Marion's point, I didn't always do it right. Sometimes I fell off, but then I got right back on because I knew my why. Part of my why was my daughter. Like her picture sits where on my phone. It sits near my computer. It sit, remind me, I am going to show you it. life can be different. Life can be beautiful. You can travel. Um, you still have to work. You still have to execute on things. And that work could be for an employer or for yourself, whatever that is. But know that if you're making the money work, the money you're earning work for you in different ways, life can be very different. It, it won't feel like as soon as you get the money, it goes to somebody else. And then you're frustrated that you had to work 40 hours to get it and then give it away. And you have nothing else other than, you know, maybe a few material things. So the why, my why drives me all the time, all the time. So that's the, uh, the third thing. So we talked about things to walk away with. Know your why. Right. And your why will make remind you of why you're doing what you're doing. And for me, mine just happens to be my daughter because I'm a, a black woman. I'm a business owner, um, you know, a, a, a student. I'm a forever student and I'm letting her know, continue to grow and learn. Know that you can do whatever it is and you can conquer and overcome things that you have come up against if you just keep striving. So that that drives me and it, it, it definitely um, adds to. Um, the growth in my business because I I, I continue to want to be the the one she looks up to even though there's other people that influence I'm I want to be one of the greatest influencers in her life so I have to live that life right so that it can be one that um, you know could could help her as she continue along her adult journey absolutely so much of what you and Miriam said is a part of my story too. So I also um, grew up as a, a child in a single parent home, but here's the thing. We saw everybody struggle, mm -hmm. all three of us, mm -hmm. but all three of us don't necessarily want to continue that cycle. Mm -hmm. And so what you mentioned earlier about creating that budget, you know, that is definitely a, a dirty word for some people, <laughs> but the budget is so key because, yes. you know, that's how we break the cycle, yes. you know? And I, and I think that you, you touched on networking just mm -hmm. a tad because in our circles, this is very key because I also noticed that the families that were around us were also struggling. Exactly. Growing up. Exactly. So <laughs> it was like, yep. we all knew the same story. <laughs> and that same experience. But when, if you listen to different celebrities who are now, you know, in a different cycle, in a different stage and have more freedom and more options, they realize that when you are, when you surround yourself with people who have a different money mindset, touching on what you said earlier, 
you too will that catches on yes. so the company you keep also ch can change your trajectory and yes. change how you the options you know you have so if you have friends who um you know are in the stock market they they're going to talk about that they're yes. going to talk about the different finances and the different options if you have friends who buy properties and investment you know have different investments often that's going to come up in conversation and you too are going to want some investments yes. so you have to broaden your horizon so i want you patrina to talk about that piece because sometimes our circle may actually be keeping us down oh girl what you said Listen, that's a that that's a deep one. I mean, yeah, you said it well. Like you want to ensure the people around you are not stifling your growth, right? And 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 know this: if you have grown out of the circle you're in, it's okay. It really is okay. You have to be. You have to know that because what will happen is, and I and I, I'm not, I know I'm not going to say this exactly right, but um, if you have a circle of nine friends and your nine friends have less than what you have, the conversation is not going to be about growth. It's going to be about what's in within that. And that is more less than what you have and you want more. So if you're the smartest people person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. That's what's said often, right? So you want to ensure that you are including yourself in circles where you can learn and grow, where if you are interested in, in investing, then you have to be within a circle of investors, right? So that you can learn that. So it's really critical that you are intentional about growing your network. You know, in this day and age, there's, you know, the world is actually kind of opening back up so you can go to live events, but go into these, uh, on these social platforms, listen to the podcast and follow the people that's doing what you would like to do. Um, and you don't necessarily like mimic them, but, you know, take that as an influence or a template to create your own path so that you can go where you would like to go. So I encourage, like when I started out in this financial space, I, I contacted people that I saw doing what I would like to do. Some of them were very nice. Some of them, um, you know, redirected me, which was fine. You know, not everybody's going to, you know, take the time, but, you know, they may suggest a different resource or whatever it is, but you have to execute on getting you better in whatever area that is and better in being a mom, better in being a, 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 the way you homeschool, better in your finances, whatever you want to be better at, you want to go follow the experts that's doing it like um, in, in the way that you would define better and then, and then follow that path. But from a networking standpoint, when I grew my network and especially when I grew it in the, um, within the financial arena, it changed the trajectory of my personal and business finances. So um, I remember going to a finance conference like um, three, four years ago now, maybe the first time that I went to this conference. So let me, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going fast. So let me step back. So I got my finances right. I started my financial, um, my uh, financial consulting business, coaching business, and then I started writing books. So then, you know, my books came out. And I'm still like limping along, finding people and you searching for different people that are in the finances. And then somebody of uh, financial BFF suggested this financial conference. And when I got in this room for the very first time in this building and I saw individuals of all walks of life that are all interested in the same thing, and that was money, 
in different ways, talking about it, uh, uh, coaching about it, whatever it was, personal finance, business finance, it was just a room full of thousands of people that were in the financial space. Oh my gosh, that opened up my world in such a very different way. So I encourage, I mean, and I'm talking all ethnicities, I'm talking all ages, you know, folks younger than me, folks older than me, and everybody had an interest in some different way of personal finance. And even though I'm a podcaster, I'm a blogger, I'm a coach, there were people that did all three of those things. And we all consider ourselves colleagues, not competitors, colleagues. And that's another thing that I enjoy. So often people think, well, I don't want to reach out because I'm a, that's my competitor. No, you have to get out of that mindset because if everybody, if all of us, that our finance coaches have touched everybody, there would be no debt, there would be no student loan, like people still need help. So we are all touching people in different ways, just like there's a McDonald's and a Burger King and a Wendy's, like they all are thriving because people are gonna go to the one they wanna go to when they want to, right? For whatever they want. So you have to understand you, um, collaboration, um, network, those are the things that will help your, help you grow in a very different way. If that's for other homeschoolers that you come in contact with, if you want to get together and have accountability partners for your part, uh, for your finances, or you know what curriculum you're using versus what you're using, you know those are those are conversations to have and not stray away from because staying solo or in your silo could hinder your growth and whatever you're trying to do. You know, you said a mouthful there. I have. <laughs> two things that I want to say. So one, you brought up the, the idea of community. And that seems to be a recurring theme lately that you know you were saying that you didn't think of each other as competitors. It was more as colleagues. We all want to see the other grow. Mm-hmm. And we're going to work together so that we can all move forward. Because a sick community member means the community is sick. Mm-hmm. So I really do appreciate that. Country music, the way for what? Okay. And also, the word investing came up several times. So I wanted to ask you if you have any tips for our listeners who want to get into investing or teach their children about investing. Sure. So I'm going to qualify my comments by I am not, um, I don't help people invest. So what I'm going to share with you is um, um, my suggestions on how you can get started. And, um, you know, like you said, teach kids. Um, There are uh, several different apps that you could tip your toe in learning about investing. So that's one thing I'll say. And I'll share with you a couple that I think um, is uh, could be of interest here. And then the second is, um, you know, uh, follow me because I give a lot of tips. <laughs> Again, personal suggestions of what you can do regarding investing. And then I, in my book, I touch on it as well. So let me start with the app. So there are a couple different apps for people that are not, um, I'll call it beginners in investing and want to, uh, um, you know, kind of understand like what a stock is and how you you would buy an individual stock. So um, there's some that don't have great press. Uh, one of them that I'm going to start with, um, don't, but I, I still like it. I, I actually personally use it myself. So Robinhood is one that I would suggest. Um, Stash is another. 
both of these are really, really easy to use. You will need to connect um, your checking account to them so that you can get your money into um, the apps or that you can actually buy or purchase the stock within. And um, it's really easy to do. Um, I do encourage you to read up, read up on these uh, company that you want to purchase a share of stock in um, so that you, you know, can have some understanding of it. And then the other thing is if some, so let's just say one share of that stock costs a hundred dollars and you don't have that much to invest. Um, you could buy fractional shares in both of these apps. It allows you to do that. So let's just, and a fractional share means you don't have a hundred dollars to buy a full share. So you say you have, I'm making this up $30. You can buy $30 worth of that particular share of that company. So that's um, something that I think is of interest to folks starting out or folks that um, you know want to purchase for children and things of that nature. So that's what I would encourage. Um, the other thing that I will say about investing, which is a very this what I consider very important, is know that investing is a risk, right? So do not invest your savings. Do not invest money that you need for a bill, make sure it's, I'll call it extra money. Um, so let's just say you were spending a lot of money of going out to eat or for me like gourmet coffee. And now I've reduced the spending on those items because I'm reviewing my budget regularly. And now I'm saying, okay, I'm not gonna spend that much here. And I'm gonna put this in, um, I'm gonna use this for savings instead of get going out to eat for that particular week. That particular amount for investing that you've put aside, you can, that money you can put in because it's, you've paid your bills, You've done a little bit of going out to eat, just not as much. And then you invest that overage um, so that it's money that you can afford to lose because investing is a risk. So make sure that whatever you invest, it is not your bill money and it's not your emergency savings money. It's money that you can afford to lose. Now, I'm not saying you will lose it. It may grow into something great, but there is a possibility of that. And then the other tip that I give regarding investing, unless you're a day trader, investing is for the long term. So companies will go up and down. So that $30 may go to 100, it may go down to 20, it may go up to 300. So I, I, I don't personally look every day. So you want to make sure you're not doing that unless you are day trading, which is something totally different. Um, and you just let it ride again, money that you can afford to lose in case that's the situation. And then periodically take a look at it and see how it's doing because you do want to monitor. And then if you, or if you read in the news, something is going on with something you have your money invested in, then you want to consider what you should do from there. If you want to go deeper in investing, I encourage you to consider a professional that can help you with other types of investing outside of the couple apps that I've shared with you. So as far as um, uh, teaching your children. So again, I'm a proponent of showing versus telling so that you can, the ones that I just went through with you, you can show them how that's done. You can explain to them the term of investing and what that means and how um, that happens, like the process in which that happens and then how people can buy and sell. So that's what I encourage. So always know that. And then the second point, investing is also investing in yourself. So that means how you grow, mm -hmm. how you refine your skill. That that's another okay. thing that that may mean a cost. It may mean a price, right? If you right. want to be coached on something, you may need to invest in yourself by way of paying that coach's fee to help you refine your skill or get better at whatever it is you're trying to get better at. Yes, Excellent. that's what I was totally thinking about, which is a great segue because I one of the transformations that took place in my life was when I realized that you can make money and not work so hard. 
Mm. Because, <laughs> because of the way I grew up, I equated hard work almost to the point where you can barely move at the end of the day <laughs> with gaining money. Yeah. But the real key, as I begin to grow and I begin to watch and I begin to expand my network, I realized the people who were doing the best, they weren't the ones who were working night and day. Yes, yes. And I was like, well, how is that possible? And that's when they started to talk to me about passive income oh. versus active income. Yes. So that's Damn what boy. I want you to get into <laughs> because when you change that concept in your mind, and you realize that you could be making some passive income because that could be the income that can give you that extra money to help you I, invest. I want you to kind of touch on some creative ways that you've seen people um, open the door to create passive income and why passive income is so important because we don't have to, all of our money doesn't have to be gained by the sweat of our brow. That's so true. <laughs> so, so, true. so, and I want to make sure, so pass, define passive income, right? Because some people, yeah. as a matter of fact, a young, uh, a young man reached out to me and um, I'm doing a, I'm doing a, um, a good deed for a, a friend of mine who wanted me to talk to her young nephew. And he called me, he was like, I want to get a vending machine because I want passive income. And so I was explaining a little bit about how I don't define a vending machine as passive income. And let me tell you what a passive income is. Passive income is making money while you sleep, making money while you're on vacation. So you are right. not doing X, Y, and Z, and then somebody's going to pay you after you finish doing what you're doing or right before. Passive income is maybe putting in the work up front, even a lot of work and maybe a little investment to go with it. And then it earns money for you and you never have to touch it again. That's how I consider passive income. And let me give you two examples. And, and I have both of these. One is, um, my first book was published back in 2016. I had to put the work in to get it together. I had to send it to an editor. I had to pay for a book cover. And then it was published in 2016. I never touched it again. And it still makes money to, to this day. Like schools buy it, all of that. So I consider like Amazon, I get checks from Amazon all the time. That book's been sitting here since 2016. That passively comes into me. Now, now fast forward to 2020 one. So my business was about me going out, teaching personal finance by way of traveling here, there and everywhere, which actually I do enjoy. I did enjoy. Um, and hopefully we'll get back to that point because it was a high revenue uh, generating item for me. But fast forward to the pandemic of 2020 and that coming to a complete stop, like March, like February was my last in-person session. And then um, I had to figure out how do I continue my business? So Zoom um, and other platforms was where I went. Went. And then I created a course where I had to show up for 10 weeks straight. That was not a good idea, friends. It was not. I thought it was when I set it up. That was not good. And at, to Elle's point, I'm going onto these various social platforms and listening to others. My coach telling me, like, why would you set yourself up to be somewhere <laughs> at a certain time for 10 weeks? Like, why would you do that? What? I, so I then took that. Now, listen to this same information. I recorded it 
and made it a course and made it available on my website. So now people can buy it when I'm asleep and they have it for lifetime access and they don't have me live, but I'm live giving the course when I when it was recorded. And then if they have any questions, they can reach out to me. So I converted what was me needed to be in person trading time for money uh, to Elle's point, being there, need to rush back from where I am or make sure I'm in front of a computer to this is a, a course that I recorded and made available. People, people can buy it whenever they want and listen to it whenever they want. And I get paid when they purchase it. I have done nothing different to it. I have not changed it since I created it. So that gives you an example of how you can create things that you have a zone of genius in. Maybe it's homeschooling. Maybe it's great tips for homeschooling. Maybe it's baking. Maybe it's how you make your cookies, whatever it is. Please know people want to buy what you have. You just have to find the right market for that. And then once you create it, put it out there in the universe, and then you walk away from it. You, you could be on vacation and then your PayPal can like hit and say you have received money. So those are two examples, but there's tons of examples of how you can earn money while you sleep. And then, oh, let me just give one other. So it, we talked about investing. If you get investments, and you have dividend investments that pay dividends, that's another way to get passive income without doing anything different than having stock in that particular company. So dividends are um, funds that a company that pays dividends pay most times every quarter to everybody that has stock in their company. So depending on how much stock you have in a company determines how, many, how much dividend money you get paid out. So I know that was a long-winded answer, but I want to make sure I shared examples and then learn in for my own learning. So stuff that I share is because I've actually experienced it myself. And that's <laughs> not long-winded. It's necessary, <laughs> necessary information. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very important because I think that for many of us, we know, some of us know how to save, we know how to create that budget, but we don't necessarily know how to how to make money outside of ourselves and our physical labor. So I think it's just very important. And it's also just fundamental to, um, to growth and generational growth and generational wealth. So I kind of want to start shifting that conversation into some of those long-term, that long-term money that, you know, will last beyond us. Yeah, new money is fun, but old money's better. <laughs> <laughs> old money is better, yes. So can you kind of um, just kind of touch on, because I love when you talked about investing yourself, because for some of us, in order to create generational wealth, we're going to have to gain some more skills. Hmm. We're going to have to gain some expertise in an area so that we can create that that um, coaching course or some type of course. Because if you don't have something that's truly transferable to teach other people, you know, you, you won't be able to do a course. So you need to have some skill sets, some knowledge that people are willing to pay you for. So for some of us, that could be that. But there's so many different ways to go about it. But I, I love that, you know, in the Black community, particularly, we need to start opening ourselves up to generational wealth and more ways to obtain that so that our children won't have to struggle as much as we did. So for all three of us, you know, we saw one thing, we're, we're making our lives different, 
so that it, you know, our kids won't be in the position that we're in where they're like, I struggled all my life, you know? So we're trying to make it different for them so that they'll have even another, another edge and another leg up. And so I'm wondering how can we begin to set that foundation now so that we will have that general generational wealth to pass down? Yeah, so look, look, I'll first start with education, right? We teach, um, our, our young folks are taught either homeschooling or, or otherwise, um, how to, you know, science, um, English, various different things. We have to talk about money with our kids. We have to talk about mm -hmm. fundamentals. We can't just drive up to the ATM, push the buttons and have the money, put the card and have the money come out because they have to understand the money has to go in there to be able to come out. So if they, if that is never taught to them, we can't say like, why didn't you know that? How are they supposed to know that? They did, we make it our business to ensure that they understand certain things and we just need to add finances to that. The second thing is we have to, um, so teach them and then show them, right? So a lot of oftentimes, especially within our community, um, people talk about money in a negative way. Like, oh, I don't have enough to pay this or this bill and this debt and I'm so tired of this or maybe there's, um, um, couples that, you know, the money conversations aren't the nicest conversations. So you want to make sure that you're including your youth in money conversations as appropriate, right? So it's, you know, okay, if your mortgage is X a dollar amount, maybe you're not sharing with them how much it is, but the fact that mortgage is something you have to take care of every month, maybe having them earn money younger, not cleaning their, I'm not a, a proponent of paying for cleaning your room um, from an allowance standpoint, when you're doing something extra to help in the household. So maybe mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, whatever that is that, you know, maybe it's folding laundry that's not of their own, the your mom's laundry or your dad's laundry, you're doing something that, is not you keeping up with your well, your own stuff. It's something okay. that you're helping the household. Um, and then maybe they see earning and the more that they do things that they can earn. And then maybe sharing with them, um, you know, various different ways for which you can earn money. And then making smart decisions and not, not um, uh, putting a lot of emphasis on material things that are not assets and not don't grow um, and contribute to wealth, um, ensuring that you just continue that knowledge of what that is will help. My other, the other thing now switching from uh, teaching the kids directly and you doing things to make sure that there's general generational wealth, make sure you have life insurance. Like don't have your kids okay. doing GoFundMes, you know, if God, okay. if God if, you know, it got something happens to you that your kid is struggling with ensuring that you have a nice send off, make sure that you you have set that up properly. So at a very minimum, it's taking care of those expenses, but setting them off, like making sure there's some overage to that. So depending on when that happens, because we all, none of us know when that will happen, that that is, you have been removed from the home cycle or, you know, the financial equation within the home that your removal will financially still be like you will still contribute financially with your removal by way of your life insurance. So make sure your life insurance is applicable to your current life situation in case that's when something happens. So I would encourage that. The other thing is real estate is real hot right now. 
So people are collaborating together to um, to get into the real estate market and either flipping, um, you know, redoing property together and renting it out. So there's various different ways that you can use money once you once you get out of debt. And you do that by budgeting very diligently, seeing where your money is going, start reallocating, making your money earn money by having it in high interest uh it high interest bearing accounts and then watching it grow, having an investments and then using that as well as life insurance because there's living benefits to life insurance and, and buy things that are assets and money growth um, so that the your uh, legacy is there uh, for those that are behind you. So true. When you said life insurance, I was like, yes, because, oh, it's, it's so... Uh, it's so easy to overlook. None of us really want to, you know, think that one day we're not going to be here. But the truth of the matter is one day we're not going to be here. Yes. And it's so critical, so critical to have something there for your children. Because without it, things, a hard time just gets made even worse. It's... Ah, (laughs) many of us who are listening and who um just us on this call we often are entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and we we make money so that's not an issue but here's the thing when you work for a nine to five sometimes retirement is so much more in the forefront of your mind than when you work for yourself. But that's another thing that I feel like I would love for you to speak to because so many of us are drawn to entrepreneurship, but it does make sometimes that retirement saving a little bit harder and even more important. So um, I want us to kind of talk about the importance of retirement. And making sure that you are contributing regularly because we'll say cute little cliches like pay yourself first. <laughs> That's what it goes beyond that. <laughs> yeah. so, so go ahead and, and talk about that, please. Uh, about, so one is, and that, that's why I, um, I always include within budgeting because um, I do say pay yourself first. And not, what I mean by that is making sure you're contributing your savings so that if life happens, um, you know, you have to take care of it. So you want to make sure mm-hmm. that you have it. Um, so retirement is, you know, that's an interesting word nowadays, right? Because, you know, l- like even for my husband, he's retiring um, in, a, in a couple months. He's retiring after 20 years in his company. Some a person that I interviewed on my podcast, she retired before age 30. So retirement is now defined differently than what we, what I at least uh, knew about a long time ago. And it's about, um, having freedom. So it may not necessarily mean retirement from working, but retiring to doing things that you want to do on your time for who, when, and when you want to. And oftentimes that's equated to a, a sum of money that you have that allows you to be able to do that in case money doesn't come in regularly, right? Through your business. So it's important that you contribute uh, money to funds that grow that you have access to at a period of time when it's later in life. So we often say, um, 
do things right by your money now and your future self will like you for it. So it's important that you go have like an IRA or a Roth IRA and you're contributing to those up to the limits uh, by the by the feds um, and ensure that you're doing that as diverse as you can. So many different options and choosing ones that fit your limit or, or fit your lifestyle in and and um, what what's the word I want to say? And revisit them to ensure that they continue. So if you do something today, contribute in it today. A year or two from now, make sure that that's still the right investment, or maybe have a few more depending on your uh, continued accumulation of funds that you have coming in. So you money is not something you look at once, budget once, and then it's done. It's a uh, this is what I say now. It's an intimate relationship. You have to consistently look at what you have going on so that you can continue to make the best decisions for the money that you have. So IRAs, Roth IRAs, there's actually a retirement um, plan. And I don't know, it's escaping me right now for entrepreneurs that are similar to the 401k, like when you work for an employer, I, I want to say it's SEP, but I, I don't quote me on that. It's, there is a fund for entrepreneurs for retirement that is similar to the 401k for employees. And I just can't think of it right now, but look it up. Google, Google is your best friend. Don't try to, don't, so don't try to, uh, DIY everything, but Google will help you in some things or at least direct you to people that can help you. So you want to make sure that you do that, but you can Google that. I think that's a Googleable item where you can find that out. So yeah, so that's what I will say on that. So ensure you know what retirement is for yourself. Define that for yourself because all three of us here may define that in a different way. We all may be at different ages. So whatever that definition is may vary on depending on our age. Know whatever that definition is for yourself. So if it's a time frame, if it's an age, if it's the money, and then you always start with the end, right? That for everything that you do, even in business, start with the end. And then once you know that, then you build the steps to get to that. So that that's how I would say you would do that. Yes. So we don't have a lot of time. I feel like we could talk to you for a long, a long time because we have just scratched the surface. But I want people to know that they can check out your journal book series, which is It's My Money. So can you tell people where they can get your books, tell people the name of your podcast? And I also want to just put in a plug for your um, your newsletter, because yeah. there's a lot of valuable information that you share within your newsletter. So if you could share, you know, just because people, they listen it and they want to connect. So let them know how they can do that. Thank you. So before I do that, I want to say, L, Miriam, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed this conversation. Um, as you can see, I can talk about this all day. So thank you for the time check. So I appreciate you all having me and being able to speak to your community. So um, my, I'll start with the newsletter. So the newsletter is something that um, I publish on a weekly basis. If you're interested in getting on the newsletter, you can do one of two things. You can go to my website, which is itsmymoneyjournal.info. That's itsmymoney journal.info. When you go to that, uh, my website, a box will pop up to say, if you want to go in the newsletter, you just do that. And it'll come in your inbound every Thursday. Um, the other way you can just, um, go to my Instagram page and DM me and I'll make sure you get on the list. My Instagram is it's my money underscore. So yes, I am saying that. Cause I do try to, I am trying to increase my, my Instagram followers. So hit me up over there. It's again, it's, it's my money underscore I T S 
M-Y-M-O-N-E-Y underscore. So you can hit me up there, DM me, and I will send you the link to get on the newsletter. In regards to my book, um, really important. Um, I put this, wrote this book because I, at least here in Connecticut where I'm located, realized that for personal finance is still not taught in schools. You all are homeschooling. I'm not sure if you all are um, talking to personal finance there, but this is a great resource. When this book came out, it had a my, my business trajectory like escalated um, because people wanted me to talk, go to schools, go everywhere. I traveled everywhere. As soon as I dropped this book, it is a great resource for ages 13 to 18. It is called It's My Money, a guided journal to help you manage your finances. And it gives quick hit um, uh, topics on the fundamentals that we talked about because I wanted it to be a quick read to keep the young folks engaged and ask. In, it has inspirational quotes, ask um, essential questions to reinforce the reading, and it has a great glossary in the back as well as stories. That book can be found. You can drop it in your cart on Instagram, um, excuse me, on Amazon, or it's also in my shop on my website. Again, that's It's My Money journal.info and you go to shop and you can it's the first item on uh, my website there so you can check that out it has great reviews on amazon as well um and you can check um it's for ages 13 to 18 it's a great for summer for those that are um, uh, getting out of school as well so i encourage you to check that out my podcast an audio version of getting great information such as what you're listening here today um i produce two two a month and it's called the money exchange, three words, and it's across all audio platforms. Um, I think most people listen to it on um, Apple Podcasts, but it's also on Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, um, uh, Pandora, all of those various different ones. So you can check it out wherever you listen to your uh, audio podcasts more often. Um, I appreciate you having me. I enjoyed. Um, follow me. Um, it's my money underscore underscore everywhere. So I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Pinterest, wherever uh, there's a social platform, you'll see me with some sort of presence, but I play most on, um, on Instagram. Well, thank you so much because this was just a great conversation. Um, as always, talking to you is always full of so much energy and joy. So I just appreciate you being willing to talk to our audience because money is something that we want to get ahead of and not not play catch up with and so i just know that your book is an awesome incredible resource so everybody that is listening head to the show notes and we will put all of those links there so that you can support can i make this suggestion too even if, well, because this is June, right? Well, oh, this isn't going to come out in June, darn. <laughs> when it, when, whatever month this is, I'm not sure what our schedule is right now. <laughs> feel free to pick up a copy for any of the young people in your life. Mm -hmm. Please. I mean that because a lot of times the children, we're so focused on developing the money and keeping the lights on and everything that we don't think to give them the behind the scenes of what's going on because that's grown folks business mm -hmm. so get them this book so that they can get a head start on their financial future because it's important and it, it makes a great gift 
I mean, yes. Graduate. You know, often we, we <laughs> want our kids to have things that will um, stay with them. You know, so this isn't something that they just read once. It's something that can grow with them as they grow. Um, yeah. So I just think that that's important to to remember. And I wish it had existed when I was younger because, it, you know, all of us had to go through these growing pains to get where we are today. And so I am glad that you have this resources resource available. So thank you so much. And that's a wrap, folks. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Did you know that we sell merchandise to keep our podcast going? Order a hoodie, t-shirt, mugs, and more today. Visit cleverlychanging.com and click on the shop tab to place your order.